Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning. Well, might as well just let the Italian come right out uh, immediately. Uh, thank you, guys. And good morning, uh, WCF. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Good morning. We got Pastor RJ, Mary in the house, and uh, a few people here as allowed, and they're going to get all of my attention this morning. I already told them there when I walked in. I said, I'm just going to preach at you. And uh, uh, everybody online, we're glad that you joined us. It's uh, good to be here. And uh, we're going to get right in the Word this morning because we, uh, we have a partnership, we have a relationship. I'm on an assignment, and uh, God put something in my heart that I, I prayed and really prepared for this morning because I want to have a Word that uh, can encourage you. And I already got several confirmations, important confirmations that uh, uh, I believe that the word is right uh, on, uh, right on to what God wants to say to, uh, to this church, to this house this morning. Because one, when, uh, when I was talking in the office with Pastor RJ, I, I had to tell him, uh, okay, whatever you do, don't preach my sermon. You know, he's talking about a, a, a third great awakening. And I'm not talking about that, but it's tied to that. And then most of all, during worship, this was awesome. Did you, did you hear that? Uh, during worship, now we didn't uh, talk to the worship team before. They got it directly from the Holy Spirit. Isn't it good when the Holy Spirit puts everything together? Do you like that when the Holy Spirit does it, right? Well, that the uh, the, the the last young woman uh, uh, that sang the song and then she exhorted, she got something right spontaneously in her heart from the Holy Spirit. She talked about hope. That that's my message. Isn't that good? <laughs> Hope, we're going to talk about the God of all hope this morning. And so, uh, my text is Romans chapter 15, verse uh, 12 and 13, and uh, I, I believe we have uh, scriptures going up and so on. Now, I'm going to use a lot of scriptures this morning, a lot of different translations that I put together for you, because I'm going to go overboard uh, on hope. I'm just going to exaggerate. I'm going to get wild on it. Is that okay? Silly on it because that was the word for me that the, uh, that, that the worship team had because I think that we are bombarded 24 hours a day with uh, and things that are real. We're not making them up. We're not deniers. We're not conspiracy theorists or anything. But, you know, it's constant negative and constant negative and one negative thing after another. And uh, that I think that we're entering in a season in the church where we're going to have to minister on hope. We're going to have to minister a lot on hope. That there is a plan and there is a future and there is a way out. And we're going to have to minister a lot on the fruit of the Spirit too, I think. Pastor RJ, I think that, you know, uh, I thought we had maybe more joy and more peace and more patience and more long-suffering than we did. I think this season showed up 
You know, whether it's on one side or the other. So, you know, you got the super faith people who get upset with the ones who wear a mask, and you got the ones who wear a mask, you know, maybe who, who try. And I think we need to stop picking on each other, and we need to start walking in love, right? Paul already solved this, you know, meat or no meat. Uh, Saturday or Sunday worship, uh, I just put in there mask or no mask. <laughs> and, and the issue is when you read it, and, you know, I'll let you, I already told Pastor RJ, you know, I mean, he's, he's the bishop here, so he can correct. I'm not setting doctrine or anything. I'm just talking this morning on hope from the Word of God. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, he, he'll, 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 every pastor will have to deal with this and minister on this. But that issue in Romans 14, right, is really interesting. The Apostle Paul had a position. But if you're looking for an answer there, it's going to frustrate you. If you're looking for an answer that will validate you like meat or no meat, right, you'll be frustrated because he does not give his opinion. He does the opposite. He says, the solution is walk in love. So, if you're a vegetarian, right, don't torment those who eat steaks. And if you eat steak, don't torment the vegetarians. Find a way to walk in love. If you worship on the Saturday, don't torment the ones who worship on Sunday. And if you worship on Sunday, don't torment the ones who worship on Saturday. Just be convinced in your own heart and find a way to walk in love. So we're going to have to find a way to walk in love when we start to reopen. Amen? So if you have faith, you know, don't go sit next to someone who's wearing a mask, you know, and hug them and, and breathe on them. Just give them some room, right? And if you wear a mask, don't torment someone who doesn't give them some room. That's the answer. That's the solution, basically. Amen? And we have an app for that. Pastor RJ, we have an app. We don't have to reinvent. It's called Romans 14. There's an app. The church already went through all these things. None of them are new. If we just read the Bible, read the New Testament, and study a little bit of church history, we'll see that they already hashed it out. You know, we think... There's, there are new things under the sun, but really there are not. And so, Romans, uh, yeah, I was saying this. Um, maybe you can put up what I put there, like freeoutline at gmail.com. Okay, freeoutline at gmail.com. I'm going to bombard you with a whole bunch of Scripture, and uh, I think they'll be up uh, online too. But if you want them, I, I think you're going to want them because I have uh, many different translations that I put together for you on hope that will just minister to you. So I'm just saying, if you want them, just send me an email at freeoutline at gmail.com. All you got to do is send it. Like, you don't have to put anything, and automatically you'll get every scripture that I'm going to use this morning. Romans chapter 15, verse 12. Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My text is verse 12. I'm sorry, verse 13. And it says, the God of hope. So we serve the God of hope. And look at how many powerful and positive and just uh, uh, words there are in this verse. It's filled with power. It's filled with hope. It's filled with the God of all hope, right? 
So he's not just the God of hope, he's the God of all hope. And he will fill you with all joy, not just joy, but all joy. So we got hope and we got joy. And then there's peace too. Uh, so fill you with all joy and all peace, not just peace, but all peace. There's another powerful word, in believing, and so you got your faith. You got your faith and your hope and your love in the text. And then that you may abound. So not just have a little bit once in a while and not have a few drops of it and not, you know, uh, uh, be up one day and down another, up a day and down another, but abound, full, filled to the full. You too may abound in hope, and there's hope again repeated. And then by the power, and there's obviously the power word there, of the Holy Spirit. This is a very powerful verse. And, but we're going to start with the verse before because context is always extremely important. The context really defines everything. And so Paul comes into this verse talking about the root of Jesse. So verse 12, Romans 15, 12, it says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. This is a quotation from the prophet Isaiah. So the Apostle Paul is quoting from Isaiah. So we're going to put up the, the, the original quotation too. Aren't you like that? When, when, when there's a quotation, I always like to go read it myself. I've always done that. Since university days, you know, there's a reference and someone quotes something in a book. I always like to go and look it up. Now, thank God for online because that really helps. Online, you know, it can be positive, can be negative. We want to be on it. We want to use it. We want to use it right. We don't want to make the mistakes that the church has done in the past, you know, with television and satellite and other things that instead of being present and invading it, they drew back from it and the world took it over. So if anything, we want to have a strong presence in it. But now it's real easy because I used to have to get up and go to the local library, remember those days, look it up in a catalog and, you know, find the reference. Now you just Google it and there it comes. And so I always like to go, especially when in the New Testament, they quote the Old Testament, I like to go back and read it. So the quotation is from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So here, the Apostle Paul, and I have the NIV translation up for you, says there, there a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. So Jesse, it, it may be a little cryptic. Who is this root of Jesse? And who are we talking about? And who is Jesse and who's the root? Well, the root is Jesus. Jesse was David's father, King David's father. These are messianic terms that apply to Jesus. So whenever, for example, uh, the, the, the Bartimaeus or the Canaanite woman, when they call Jesus son of David, they were saying, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the anointed one, you are the one that the Old Testament prophesied about and talked about. And so this is a term that applies to Jesus, the root of Jesse. Jesse, again, was David's father, and Jesus is a descendant of David. There are two lineages in the Bible, basically. 
um, Moses, Levi, and then the law. And that's, that's religiosity for you. And then the other line is Abraham, David, and then Jesus. And we are of that lineage. We are of the faith of Abraham, not the faith of Moses, of the faith of Abraham. And we belong to the lineage of the priesthood of Melchizedek, which is Christ, not uh, Levi. And so that's our lineage. So when we talk about the son of David and we talk about the root of Jesse, we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the anointed one, we're talking about the Christ, we're talking about the Messiah, we're talking about the new life, we're talking about the new creation, we're talking about the promises of God, we're talking about everything that we sang about, the breath of God, the life of God, the new covenant. And so here, Isaiah is saying there's going to be a root coming from a stump. Now, I, this is where, again, the online comes in because the online has made uh, preaching real easy because I, you, could, you could Google it yourself, but I think we probably have a picture of a stump. And this is a stump. A stump is a dead piece of tree. There it is. I'm looking around to see it. So there's a picture of a stump. So this is a tree that's been cut down, a tree that's dead. Now, it can be cut by a human being. It can die of natural causes. Nature can kill it for some reason. But this is the stump. The stump, whatever, whatever killed it, is a dead tree, all right? It's the bottom part of the tree that's left, and, uh, and it speaks of death. It speaks of the end. So here is God through the prophet Isaiah saying this, there's going to be a new shoot coming up. And if you can put the next picture up of the shoot, there it is. Now look at that. See, that's a stump. So this is something dead, all right? And Isaiah says, out of this dead thing is going to come new life. That's what the message is. Out of death is going to come life. This is a promise of life. This is a promise of the future. So this is standard for God because God has always done this. When Adam fell in the garden, immediately God gave the first promise of the Messiah. Right in the middle of death, the tragedy of humanity, God said to the serpent, there's going to be a seed that is going to come that is going to crush your head. God does this regularly. Whenever there's darkness, he promises light. Whenever there's death, he promises life. Whenever things seem the darkest and the gloomest, he steps in with a prophetic word of life and of a future. And when I talk about prophetic word, I'm talking about the written prophetic word of God, which Peter defines as the sure word of prophecy. Do you remember the apostle Peter was up on the mountain when during the transfiguration? Do you remember that when Jesus uh, uh, he shone, light came out, whatever was inside came out of him, and from the inside, and then there was Elijah, and there was Jesus, and there was Moses, and there was a voice from heaven, 
Peter, James, and John were up on the mountain. Peter was there, and Peter said, I heard the voice. Remember, Peter's the one that said, you know, I mean, who wouldn't do this, right? Let's build three tabernacles. Let's just stay here forever. Because you're seeing a conversation between Jesus, right, and Elijah and Moses. Moses is the law. Elijah is the prophet. Jesus is the new covenant, old and new, both together. And so, you, here, can you imagine? I just would have, what, what, what's the saying? A fly on the, on the wall. I wanted to be a little fly there, just to what they're talking about. Here you got a conversation between Moses, the law and the prophet and Jesus, who's putting it all together in the new covenant. Must have been amazing. And Peter came up and said, you know, hey, let's just stay here forever. And of course, Jesus said, no, we have to keep on preaching. We got to go down. We got to go to other towns. But Peter, years later, reflecting on this in his epistle said, I heard the voice. But then he said, I stand on the sure prophetic word of God. He calls it the sure prophetic word. And what we have from Genesis to Revelation is the sure prophetic word of God. And I'm prophesying to you this morning from this word of God, and I'm telling you that you don't have to worry about the future. You don't have to worry about what will come next. You don't have to lose any sleep at night. Is it okay if I preach a little bit, Pastor RJ? that okay? You don't have to lose any sleep at night. I'm going to show you why. Because God tells us exactly what the future is and what is going to happen from this moment on. He tells us exactly because he's done it before. As I said a few minutes ago, there's an app for this, right? What happens when destruction comes? What happens when there's death? What happens when it seems the darkest and the gloomiest? Well, just God begins to move. He starts to step in. Some of the greatest uh, things, moves in history that we have seen uh, uh, have come out of the darkest times. Uh, Luther, the, uh, the, the Reformation, uh, the just shall live by salvation by grace through faith was came out of the darkest time in Europe. It was the darkest time in Europe. The height of corruption, the height of, uh, th there were plagues, sickness, disease. It was really bad. And that came out of that. Great awakenings in North America have come out of the darkest times. Great awakenings in, uh, think of Wesley in, in, uh, in Scotland and, and, and other places. Uh, they, they came out of darkest times. And they weren't <coughs> religious moves. They were moves of the Spirit. Amen? So this is the foundation for it. God says when there's a dead stump, and the dead stump was spiritually dead Israel at that time. We live today in times that are similar to the times of the judges. Remember the judges? Everybody did what they thought was right, and the word of the Lord was rare. That phrase from the book of Judges really applies to today. <clears throat> when we live in times... Now, during the time Israel went up and down, like, like, any, like any people do, like all people do, like even we do as Christians. You know, sometimes we're really, really strong and really up, and sometimes we go down. That's the way that human nature is. And so Israel would go through times of seeking God and staying close to God, and then they would fall far away, and then they would cry out to God, and then God would raise someone up to, 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 to rescue them, and then the cycles would start all over again. And so we live in that day. And when Jesus came on the earth, <clears throat> he was 
in, uh, in, in a dead, uh, uh, even Isaiah 53 talks about he comes up out of a, a root out of dry ground. It's dead humanity. It's, it's the formality of religiosity. It's the deadness of humanity. And God says this, that during dead times, uh, a, a sprout will come up. And so he's talking about life out of death. God is talking about a hope, a new hope, something new, new life, new beginnings, a new covenant. And then Romans 15, verse 12, we go back there. If you can put up the GW, the God's Word translation this time. It says, there will be a root from Jesse. He will rise to rule the nations, and he will give the nations hope. Talking about Jesus, Jesus gives hope. Jesus gives the nations hope. And one thing that we need in 2021 is hope. Everybody say amen in the sanctuary. One, there's one thing that we need because 2020 and 2021 have been a year and a half of hope killers. Dream killing, dream destroying. You know, I had the whole year, Pastor RJ, booked with itineration last year. And it all, in February, it all came to a grinding halt because it all stopped. I, I had, I had it, it was a dream. It was a hope. It was more than just a dream and a hope. It was a vision. It was even a reality because the bookings were real as opposed to travel in churches and preach and, and minister the word like I'm doing today and talk about what Good News Ministries is doing in Europe and in Northern Africa and so on. And it all came to a grinding halt. And... and that, now, that's my life, and that's uh, the call that God placed on my life. Every one of us can put our own story in there. Uh, you may not be an itinerant minister like I am, but you are something else. Maybe your business or, or other plans that you have or, or your work or something else. But it, it's, it's 2020 and 2021 have been, have been vision destroyers and, and hope uh, uh, killers. Nobody saw this coming. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at Pastor RJ now because I'm thinking, you know, do I say that, you know, there are all, all these kinds of prophecies online wrong and nobody saw this coming. Just leave the thought there. We'll let the bishop of the house develop that if he wants to. Did any, you know, I'm thinking what the word of the Lord is rare. You know, there's a lot of reflection we have to do as a church. Uh, this, I think it does fit with the message. The the, uh, the, uh, the, the announcers before that introduced me uh, talked about something that, that, that is touching our nation and that is real, and we have to stand up to it and say, that was wrong, what happened. Talking about what happened to our, our precious native, uh, native friends. Uh, uh, horrible in the name of Christianity. With, it's horrible. I studied history. I'm a student of history, and, and I'm, I'm a theologian. And I've known this all. If, when you study seriously, in Europe has done a lot of things that, you know, think of the Crusades. They were, it's insanity. The Crusades were insanity. You don't go with an army to force convert. 
with a cross on your shield. What happened to Jesus saying, put your sword away? And, 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 and the conquistadors wiped out uh, the, a, a, whole, a, whole, a whole culture in South America, in the na- again, with crosses on their thing, in the name of that. Now, here's what I'm telling you, because it is hope, and this is where it fits. I can guarantee you this, that the people who did these things said they were Christians, but really they were not Christians. They were really not born again because there's a huge difference. This is where the hope comes in. There's a huge difference between saying you are a Christian, denominationally speaking, and really being what the Bible says, born again. Because when you are born again, God takes sin out of you and puts uh, righteousness. He takes death and he puts life. He takes darkness out and he puts light in. He takes hate out and he puts love in. And someone who's genuinely born again and filled with the Spirit is not going to take a sword to someone and threaten them, you either get baptized or I chop your head off. It just doesn't work that way. And so that's why God has raised up all these uh, revivals. Even in the Catholic, we're not talking about one denomination. We're talking about religiosity as a whole because every, every, every stream and every group has its problems. But a lot of the monastic orders in the, in the great Catholic Church, you know, the Franciscans and so on, they were really a Protestant uh, reformations inside of them that were rejecting the formal corruption of the, of the church, and, the, and, they, and St. Francis, he preached salvation by grace through faith, the same way that Luther did. And, and they rose up and they said, no, that's not the way of the gospel. And so it's, that's where the hope comes in. The hope comes in is that, yes, they were done denominationally with the unfortunate label of Christian, but not everyone that says is a Christian is a Christian. Uh, we are Christians when, when we receive Jesus, when our lives are transformed from the inside out, and when you bear the fruit of Christianity. And one of the things that God does when you get born again and transforms you on the inside is take out any form of hatred, and he puts love inside of you, and you, don't, you, you have no violence. You don't want to hurt anybody because our Lord said, put away your sword. Amen? So the God of hope, the God of hope, let's go back to our text, so Romans 15, 13, the New Living Translation, I pray the God who is the source of hope. This is where I'm going to start bombarding you now with a whole bunch of, of, of verses. And I'm going to get silly, I'm telling you, but, but 24-7, we're bombarded with negativity. I'm just going to bombard you. Is that okay if I do that? With a few uh, over-the-top, uh, 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 I see people reacting, amen, thank God. God, there's a one up there, a few over here. I want the congregation to come back because I'm an interactive preacher. I like to interact with people. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Oh, glory. The God who is the source of all hope. So he's not just the God of hope. He's the source, a source, every great river. You talk about the Mississippi, you talk about uh, the, uh, the, the Nile River, you talk about the Danube in Europe. Any great river has a source, and usually a source is up on a mountain somewhere, and it's just a little trickle, right? And so, and the source provides a never-ending quantity of water. That source then becomes, can become a huge river. And so, God is not just the God of hope, He's actually the source of our hope. 
That means that you and I have inside of us, if we believe in God, we have a, a spring of hope, a fountain of hope, a, a source of hope that never, ever, ever runs out. Now, are you ready for this? The Wiest translation says this, that the uh, hope and so on and so on, it says, you in your superabounding, superabounding, there it is, in the sphere of hope. Everybody say superabound. Super Not just abound. Superabound. Have you ever heard the saying, well, just don't get your hopes up? Have you ever heard that? Okay, you understand that this verse blasts that thought out of the water. Kapoom. It's a, yeah, no. And I'm not just get yeah, go. I'm telling you this morning, yeah, do hope and do get your hopes up. And I'm telling you to not just get your hopes up, but to super abound in hope. Go over the top in hope. I'm going to start getting up in the morning, jumping up and down and shouting and say, Woo! Things are turning. Woo! Things are changing. Woo! The future looks good. Let people think you're nuts and crazy. Because you're not. You know, I, I, am, not, I am not crazy and everybody else is normal. It's the other way around. Everybody else is crazy and I'm normal. <laughs> right? If I walk in the Word of God, I mean, right? Super abound. The New Living Translation says, you will overflow <clears throat> with confident hope. You like that one? Overflow in confident hope. The NLT, NLT. You will overflow with confident hope. So it's not just hope, but it's confident hope. Yeah, God has always turned around and even this time, we'll turn things around. Why? Why are you confident? that? Because he's always done that. I cannot think of one time in the Bible when he didn't. He did with Adam. He did with Abraham. He did think of any patriarch or any Old Testament figure that got into trouble and God rescued them. He did when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. He did with... Uh, King David, when Saul went crazy and tried to kill him. He did with uh, Joseph when they tried to throw him in the pit and then they threw him in prison. God always stepped in, always stepped in. He got them back when they went into the Babylonian captivity. There isn't one time Satan attacked Job. And God in the end rescued him, turned it all around, and in the end... He had more than he did in the beginning. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Are you listening? I'm prophesying your future to you. And it's the future that the prophetic word of God that we stand on prophesies. Amen? Always think of any, any, anything in the Bible. God had always turned around. He always turns it around. That's why it's called Redeemer. Redeem means to turn the tables, to turn things around, to rescue. Amen? The Amplified says of this translation, he says, you may abound and overflowing, bubbling over. Bubbling over. Everybody say bubbling over. Bubbling. See, can you think of the, of the sort so we, we have this thing, and this source inside of us, right, that, 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 that 
anytime we say, oh, there's going to go, oh, there's another, oh, another shot, oh, another thing. We should have something bubbling if we listen to it, if we pay attention. We got something bubbling on the inside that says, no, it won't be that bubbling over. <laughs> Amen. The Message Bible uses the term life-giving energy. Life-giving energy. This is life-giving and it gives us energy. Really quickly, because I have like a minute or two left. Jeremiah 29, 11. I told you I'm going to get silly. Okay, remember, if you want them, I know I'm going fast. You, you can get them, right? Free outline at gmail.com if you want the scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, you know, Pastor R.J. usually would just read that, and it's there. And we have this picture, not you, but I'm saying, you know, many people have this picture. Jeremiah is lying down on a beach, you know, drinking a nice pineapple drink and thinking, you know, everything is cool, and he says this. That is not to see the context. You talk about a dead stump. This was another dead stump period in Old Testament history. Because when Jeremiah said this, when Jeremiah said this, 600 years, around 600 years before Christ, Okay? Jerusalem was surrounded by Babylon. The siege had already happened, and they were about to be deported. And in the middle of that, you see, I'm just trying to impress this morning how God thinks and God's habit. The, 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 the new plant coming out of the dead stump. In the middle, you understand a siege. Babylonian armies surrounded Israel, and they're going to, uh, the siege has already started. There were famine, there were pestilence, there was all kinds of sickness, all kinds of tragedy. Right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, God inspires the prophet Jeremiah with this verse. He says, if you're ever wondering what's going to happen to you, because when you look out the window, you see the Babylonian army surrounding the city. It's not the end of the world. It's not all over. I have a plan for you, God says, and I have thoughts for you. Don't ever wonder. You know, you ever wonder, well, I wonder what God thinks. Well, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess. You don't have to guess, right? You can just when you go to bed at night, close your eyes and then just think about this verse because God doesn't leave us hanging. He lets us know what he thinks. And he says, I have in the, in the end new century version, I have good plans for you. He says, I have plans for good. The English standard version, I have plans for welfare. The new English translation, I have plans to prosper you. Jerusalem was surrounded by a foreign army who, and they were invading them. Thank God we don't have a foreign army invading us, but we have a hostile virus that's invaded our nation and many nations, every nation of the world practically. Whether it's an army or whether it's a virus, God has good thoughts and good plans. Amen? So he says, I have plans to prosper you. And then he says uh, in verse 29, 11, I have thoughts of peace, and the word is shalom. Uh, and so it's not just a oh, feel good inside, velvety feeling. It's that too, but it's a lot more than that. It's well-being. Amen? 
shalom, nothing broken, nothing missing. <laughs> Isn't that good that in the middle of this, where there's a lot of broken things, a lot of broken hearts, a lot of broken dreams, a lot of broken businesses, missing, God has thoughts and plans of a future and of nothing broken and nothing missing. We need to hope about that, dream about that, think about that. And then he says to give you a future, not just tomorrow, but a future. There's a difference between a chronological tomorrow and a future. I can have another chronological day and be so desperate and hopeless that I don't have a future. God doesn't just want to give us another chronological day, but he wants to give us a future. Amen? So a dream and a hope, and it's a good future. The New Century Version says, a good future. New English translation, a future filled with hope. And hope in this case is not crossing your fingers and wishing upon a star. Hope is a confident, Bible hope is very close to faith. Hope is a confident expectation that something good is coming and God is doing something good. Amen? I'm not finished, but I'm going to stop in there because I want to honor the pastor, honor the house, keep my word, but I'm not finished. But was that okay? Did that help you? So if you want to get, okay, the, the, the scriptures, I think you'll, you'll want them, right? Just send me, uh, what is it, uh, freeoutline at gmail.com, right? Thank you, Windsor Christian Fellowship, for being our partners, for supporting us. You've been doing it for a long time. We thank you for it. Even though my physical itineration has come to a halt, the work of God has not come to a halt. Isn't that the truth in this house? We're probably doing more than we were before. So our churches in Italy are doing well. We thank you for your support because some, some churches would not have stayed open if we didn't give them funds and help them through this. And we did it because of Good News Ministries. We did it because of our partners. And we have, uh, we have now we have 80 ministers in our fellowship and I meet with them once a month on Zoom until soon I can go back in person. And then our, our Bible schools, Pastor RJ, we have more students than we did three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. So now we, are, we have an online campus and part in person, part online. And here's the last thing, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor RJ. Uh, this is a great thing because I know we're, you know that we're, we're, the base of Good News Ministries is in Italy and we're reaching Europe and Northern Africa. But we are just starting a project to translate books in Arabic, in Arabic. You say, why Arabic? Because much, many multitudes of Arab refugees are coming to Europe. They land in Italy. So we cannot go to uh, we can't go to Iran, Iraq, and start a church, or Tunisia and start a church, but they're coming to Europe. And so we, we can tell them about Jesus, and we're translating books in the Arabic language so that they can read the gospel in their own language. And that's what you were talking about. That's how, then they're going to go back, they're going to go back to their land and preach Jesus. That's how this new wave is coming, because it's going to be the locals, the citizens that 
that, that preach the gospel, amen, in their own language with their own customs. That's the way it should be. That's the way it's always been, should have been, amen. So thank you. Continue to pray for us. We thank you for your support. Thank you. We couldn't have done it without you. And we just enjoy our partnership and our friendship, and we thank you. Amen? Are you going to trust God? God of all hope. The future is good. The future is bright. Pastor RJ.